Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Testament. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's reference and no infringement is intended. Hello, welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host, Al White, and joined me throughout all of the Piranha films has been Alison Holland. Hello. And Katie Watson. Buongiorno. There's a moment. Alison's speaking Italian today, so I'm jumping. Joining. I was checking because we had a different mic last week and now we're back to normal mics. I was checking the podcast that our lovely editing team had put together for us and checking everything sounded right. And in my head, I was like, what do I say at the beginning of a wrap up? Because I say joining me throughout all of the, and I was like, what do you do when you're at the end? And I didn't know. So I just went with joined me. You could say leaving me. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving me this episode forever. (laughs) My ex friends. (laughs) If you're new to us, hello, welcome, head on out to weirdgeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, where you'll find a whole bunch of information that's not true, um, but <laughs> you will be able to patch out through there directly to our podcast and our social medias. We're actually in the middle of a, some housekeeping's going to happen, a bunch of stuff, we said it before, but some stuff's <laughs> going to happen, and we're actually going to get on top of stuff. We're going to like get some people involved, because we're gradually, my, my life's changing, and it's good. <laughs> so, from the new year, from 2020... Everything's going to look a little different. Everything's going to be a little easier to digest. You're going to be able to just access the stuff that you want to. And we're going to have more up-to-date things going on on the website and on the social medias. So it might actually be worthwhile following us on Instagram and on Twitter because there'll be weird photos. It might. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> Keyword. We'll probably do some photos when we're watching movies as well. Some of our indie, because we have like WhatsApp groups where we send photos to each other. We might put some of them up, get everyone a little bit more involved in our stupid lives. Annoy more people at once damn right also please go to itunes subscribe rate us and we don't do any banner ads we don't do any patrons and by the love of god we're not going to try and sell you any rainbow porcelain bowls for salt do you happen to have one or are you just crazy no i don't (laughs) she wants is that what you've been thinking about she's got it in her shopping cart she's deliberating (laughs) is this what you want for christmas Allie? I want a rainbow bowl. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) subscribe, rate us, and, you know, also email fuckyou at weegeeks.com to send Ali pictures of your rainbow bowls. We should do a giveaway for the first person to email that email because no one's actually sent you an email on fuck you. No, they have. They have. We've had a few. Oh, what? Just nothing, not much. Not much. A trickle. And mostly right you at just, the beginning. Oh, I was like, you just lost those listeners by telling them their emails are not important. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, they, <laughs> no, they weren't important. But uh, 
<laughs> we had our friend Peanut back from Twitch days, uh, who's a friend of Achara's in the online world. He sent us some nice stuff. He's cool. He does some cool art. Lanan hey, sent you a poem at one point. Lanan sent me a poem. I believe I read that out or some shit, didn't I? You did. You read it on a podcast. <laughs> Go back and find that one. Who knows where it is? Now, I realize people are mostly here because last week I promised an update on the Light Phone 2. So here's what we got to. Um, <laughs> God. Now I am leaving. <laughs> I unpackaged it. I took it all out. Not as cool packaging as last time. Light Phone 1 had that nice big book with photos of the world, you know, all arty and all like, ooh, if you believe in nature and you like pages, then Light Phone right at the back hidden. <laughs> Just so you know, everyone, that's as far as he got. He did not actually even take the phones out of their boxes. <laughs> I took it out. I traveled with it and then never activated it because that <laughs> sounds like hassle. Light Phone 2, however, I pre-ordered the SIM. So I got the SIM. I was like, brilliant. The other day, I was like, okay, we're going to do a podcast and I promised people that I'll be on the next stage of my Light Phone 2 journey. So I had the initiative to take it all apart and look at it. I went on the website, entered in all the details, realized I made a mistake. <laughs> um, so right now I'm in London. And when I ordered the Light Phone 2, I must have pre-ordered the US version, not the UK version, which oh. means none of the SIM details work. They wouldn't accept my payment. They wouldn't accept my address. They wouldn't accept my f- anything. Nothing at all. Rejected. Classic so, America. God damn it. Just don't want America. You need to start accepting other people's money. It's a real, it helps Just your economy. My money. Basic economics you have the opposite pro- well the same problem in a different country that i'm having with your ps4 here in the states yeah you got a uk ps4 Won't and you're trying to play money. some death stranding won't even let me change my address i don't have a post code or whatever that has letters in it i know <sighs> i know it's a sad time for anyone who's interested, by the way, around about this week, we don't like to talk about topical stuff on these podcasts, but around about this week, some point this week, maybe just before this podcast goes up, maybe just after, there will be a special episode, regular episode, me, Alex, maybe Katie, we're going to be talking about some Death Stranding, talking about uh, Outer Worlds, we're going to talk a bit of Mandalorian, all of the recent shit that's been going on right now. I can discuss one of those things. <laughs> oh, you'll have seen The Mandalorian by the time we Probably, do it. Probably, sure. yeah. I won't know anything about it, though. Alex long. is... I have no idea half the time what I'm talking about with Star Wars. Well, he's the Star Wars nerd. That's his, that's his job. That's why it's the only reason we're friends with him. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway, I will get back to Life Phone 2 when I'm back in America. So don't expect an update next week. I expect a little break from Life Phone 2 news. So guys, there's going to be a dip in our listenership. But it will pick back up again at some point because I'll, I'll activate and, you know, life will be great again. <laughs> So there you go. We are here to talk about all the entire, all the Prana films. And part of the reason we're waffling on is because yet again, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> Normally in these wrap ups, if you are new to us and you just tuned in and thought, you know what? I just want to hear about all the Prana films. Well, you're in the right place, sort of. Normally in these wrap ups, we go through all of the films again. Obviously, nowhere near the detail, nowhere near the trivia, none of the fun facts. If you want those, go back to the previous episodes where you can listen to us talk about movies for longer than even the creators probably talked about them when they were in production. And yeah, then we talk about video games, we talk about comic books, we talk about novelizations, we talk about toys, all the fun things that happen around these franchises. And then, well, like Freddy Krueger, he did a vinyl. We talked about that. He did music. What was it called? Do the Freddy? That was one of the songs. And then we get into our lists where we rank all these different stuff. Eventually, we'll rank all of the films right at the end of the podcast. We do some pitches about what we want and all that stuff. And occasionally, we do a little quiz. This one 
Spoilers, guys. There's very little to talk about Piranhas. It's, I mean, let's be honest. It's barely a franchise. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, if you have to boil down the premise of this film, it's about one sentence. Well, I was thinking about this the other day. What is the Piranha franchise? Like, can we just make a film called Piranha? Is that what has been trademarked? Just the word Piranha as a film? But they've had those spin-off. Like, there was a Piranha Conda. Is that part of this? Well, that's not just the word Piranha, to be fair. But then I saw a drama called Piranha. Oh, that rhymed. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Enjoyable. Um, is that the full title? A drama called Piranha? Well, because all of these films are different. So I don't know. Are they, though? But I mean. There's a lot of rafts. If I had seen Piranha, and then I saw Piranha 2, The Spawning, slash Flying Killers, and it was just called Flying Killers, I would not in any way guess that it had anything to do with the first Piranha. If I Those are somewhat tied in, just because the first one at least ends alluding to moving to the ocean next, so then the second one picks up in the ocean. I guess so. so. It, that's like the most tied that two films are together in this franchise, I think. Well, I mean, in the new ones and the remakes, we do get recurring characters. Just that's Im- true. Improbably <laughs> yeah. recurring characters. <laughs> From anyway, YouTube. It is a weird weird sort of franchise and even when you're trying to figure out what else is going on around this it's hard to know you'll find stuff and you're like well this is i mean it's not tied to the official license i don't think <laughs> i was even just trying to find just a game called piranha you know <laughs> that could be like let's pretend this is to do with it but nope no comic books i nothing. think you'll find that little fishing game that you know that's like the plastic one and it spins around and you put your little <laughs> hole in the there. magnets that is the piranha game yeah I love that game. <laughs> it's so good. I, really it. I love it too. I really want to like a gigantic version of it. Like, you know, yeah. like sort of half size fishing rods and one you can put as on your coffee table that takes over like the whole coffee yes. table and just rotates. <laughs> and some of them have treats. <gasps> and I that's like, like a good like a good like dinner party game for friends when they come around. That would be amazing. They're like, where, like where are the fondue. appetizers? You're like in the table. Go get and it. And if you drop one, in you know, if the like, you know, like when you get mouth. that. When you get the weak magnet connection and it drops, mm-hmm. got to take a piece of clothing off in typical piranha style. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that sounds like Our an app piranha game. Escalated, escalated really quickly. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> it's piranha. There's got to be nudity involved. All right, Joey, settle down. Right? <laughs> all right, let's go all the way back to 1978. Thankfully, before any of us were born. That feels, that's a nice sentence I don't get to say very often. <laughs> when everyone is now dead from this movie. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. I don't want to say, I had like a sort of, I've got a quiz coming up later on. So oh, prepare no. yourself. And I did toy at one point, we're doing a question to do with the deaths. Like <laughs> how not, many people died yeah, from this film? <laughs> because normally oh, that God. would be another thing. Normally a question of would like how many people died, but it would be in the films. There's incountable. Like you can't oh, yeah. count how many in the films. So I was like, well, in the production we can count. <laughs> oh my God. Terrible. No. I, I now I'm away. nervous for a quiz. <laughs> you should. Pop Get quiz, Get those sweaty palms. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> Prana 1978, 5.9 out of 10 on the old IMDb. It's directed by Joe Dante. That brilliant man who did Gremlins and The Hole and lots of fun stuff. He budgeted, Small Soldiers did that, budgeted at $660,000. That's all. Box office, $16 million. I had seen this film a few times. Come back to it now. I've been a long time since I'd seen it. I had a pretty good time with this movie. Like, there's a weird chemistry between the lead two characters that is insane. 
that I kind of <laughs> I find fun. There's a whole bunch of like the practical chompy chompies I find ridiculous and kind of fun too. Um, <laughs> and it's so just like going after the Jaws sort of arc with the thing like opening, which they don't lay into enough at all. Like the story is like it's both very by the numbers in a good way. And then also missing these huge opportunities for how you could have like ratcheted up the tension in it. And the raft is just like, the raft's the worst thing in the film. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's, but also kind of hilarious as well. So I don't know. I've really had mixed feelings about this. I think it's a decent midnight movie. I don't think it's quite as good as I want it to be. But I do, it I don't find it, you know, our little offensive. animated friend in it. It's the best. I know. He's, he's who makes it. Yeah. That is true. There's a stop motion fish boy who is wonderful. Yep, just and completely yeah. peek crazy. corners. <laughs> but no, it's a decent, fun B-movie film. I don't think it's, like, fantastic or anything. No. But I don't think it's a terrible film either. It's, it's, it's good enough fun for what it is, you know? What about you guys? How do you, how do you feel about Piranha? Yeah, I definitely find the chemistry very strange between our two leads. It's not quite father-daughter, but it's not quite romantic interest either. And then it definitely, I don't know. They're just, they're very strange. The lead man especially is meant to be drunk pretty much the entire film. He drives like a maniac at one point. They all do. No one can drive yeah, in she, this movie. She well, enters no, the film he literally like a maniac. Has that She's scene awful. of like speeding like around stuff in the cop car or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm still having issues with, I know that it's recreated in the 95 TV film or whatever, but the activities that are happening on the river slash lake <laughs> with the guy like speedboating around with a helmet on and like, I don't know, it's insane. There's just, it escalates to an unbelievable point. It's the late 70s. Yeah. Water sports was taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Allie, what about you? I was rereading my notes for all of these in preparation for this podcast. And my last thing that I wrote down for this one was just that I needed to lower my expectations for the rest of this <laughs> franchise, <laughs> which always happens once we get to the end of these. We look back and some of the ones that were towards the beginning that we thought were really bad end up coming up either because the other ones are worse or because there's things that we just find so absurd that we end up loving those details like the raft. <laughs> Awful story plot, but we talk about it in every single episode and it dominates our group text. It does. That's something too <laughs> that the filmmakers accomplished. Yeah, I agree. Their relationship is super weird. Her as a lead character, we don't really know anything about her. We're supposed to trust that she knows what she's doing and that she's professional, which in some scenes is believable and in other scenes is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> so the writing is very interesting. The raft makes absolutely zero sense. They're literally like four feet from shore the entire film. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a weird film. <laughs> it's strange. Film? It's not fuck. awful, awful. I think if you were to watch this on its own, you'd be like, that was a terrible movie. But now that we have watched all of them, I'm like, it's fine. It's bad, but it's not horrible. I do think, though, Joe Dante, I mean, I've seen, he, he lends something to the filmmaking where you can tell there's some classic Spielbergian style, like, directing going on here. And I mm -hmm. don't mean in terms of how quality it is, but I do mean, like, yeah, there's an approach here which feels more like traditional, solid, you know, filmmaking. And you can tell he's, this is a director who can do things. And I think that's what elevates it above normal Roger Corman movies. 
to be fair. Because then, <laughs> yeah, then we get in 1981, Piranha 2, The Spawning Flying Killers, gets a 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Directed by James Cameron, sort of, and an <laughs> Italian man called Ovidio, who would <laughs> take <laughs> take the actors, like James Cameron would call cut, and then he would take the actors around the corner to get a little naked and do some extra <laughs> shooting, basically. Yeah. Budgeted at $146,000. So, like, just nothing. <laughs> Box office, $390,000. Also, kind of nothing. Yeah, obviously very like infamous film, much hated film, sort of beloved, but in a very sarcastic way now, I guess. And yeah, if you want to hear all the details about this, go back to our episode, because there's a whole lot of history here that is fascinating to do with the producer's interference, to do with why they had to hire an American director, all that stuff, everything that happened in the post-production. I'm not going to say all of it, because some of it may come up in the quiz. <laughs> Ali looks frightened. She started sweating. I'm terrified. <laughs> but I I had a good time with this movie. You got Lance Henriksen running around like an absolute cocaine he is maniac. Insane. <laughs> insane. You got this, <laughs> you're talking about father-daughter relationships. Here we've got oh, a mother-son relationship, which is just crazy and is so <laughs> you just don't know what's going on at the beginning. She's running around his little short shorts. You got like him as a 17 year old going off to get kissy kissy with a 22 year old under like waterfalls that are trying to drown. He's like, You like being choked. Let me show you something better. And we have flying fish. I mean, like, literally, (laughs) no CGI. They're the best part. (laughs) Yeah. On string. You just hear them. Oh my goodness! We got a whole scene with the guy trying to kill, like going oh. toe to toe with them while they're all what everyone else is watching through windows and safety yeah. of glass and weird droning music. It's a really weird movie, and I kind of really had a good time with it. Mm. Um, and I do think again, James Cameron, sure he didn't do all of this, but you can tell that James Cameron's involved. You can tell there's a director involved here who can know some of the things he's doing. And like all of James Cameron's films, there is a, a strong, sassy female lead in this who's, you know, opinionated and shutting men down here and there. And not as much as you'd get the power to do later. It's 1981. Again, we have an Italian producer who seems to be quite sex obsessed and is just trying to portray women <laughs> not in that way in this movie. But you can feel James Cameron's touch here, at least. And I appreciate that. And that's said to someone who doesn't really enjoy at least 50% of James Cameron's films. <laughs> but he is a filmmaker who can tell a good story i appreciated james cameron's presence in this mostly for the ocean stuff which (laughs) is minimal but it's there and it makes me happy coming to this from 2019 having watched all of his mariana trench expeditions and all that as soon as we started on a shipwreck i was like okay there he is this is gonna be fun i like that idea I also am just obsessed with researching shipwrecks and plane wrecks in the ocean and would like to go dive and explore some on my own. So that might also help. On your own, on your own? I mean, with like a group of people and certified scuba divers and all that. Allie is a solo Um, diver. Just solo. (laughs) But yeah, I, I understand why this would not have been liked when it came out. Again, it's not a great movie, but this is definitely one of the ones that I had the most fun in. Our lead is absolutely insane. The helicopter that he crashes into the ocean for absolutely no reason is absurd. (laughs) Like, nothing makes sense. Everybody's super over the top. Trisha O'Neill wants to sleep with her son, and it's really weird. But yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. 
It is strange. We talked about this. It's weird that they seem to think that the piranha only live in this shipwreck. They don't really talk about how (laughs) they can handle that specific shipwreck, but they're still going to exist this problem in other areas because it's the ocean and the ocean's very big. But I think I had a lot of fun watching this film. Yeah, I think it is definitely a case of hindsight being 2020 and that you don't know what you've got while you're getting it. (laughs) Because during this one, we were definitely like, oh, that was fine. But had I only known the the roller coaster bend that was about (laughs) to happen, I would have absolutely, you know, 10 out of 10 loved this film while it was happening and appreciated it more just for the fact that, yeah, it's insane. You can definitely tell that there are two directors that at hand here and I even in my notes as I'm looking through them it's like it's like every opportunity to show boobs is taken and that is exactly what it feels like it feels as though someone's just splicing porn into (laughs) what someone else is trying to make a very serious (laughs) semi John Hughesian film and just because especially at the beginning everyone on the resort is kind of comedy based and then it gets really dark by the end and the Trisha O'Neill character I really like. She has a very, I can't remember the lead's name from The Fog, but she has that kind of vibe to her, which I always love. And Adrian Bob. Yeah, Barbo. Adrian Barbo. And then it's got like the 70s style boobs going on, which I always love. Like, I love that more natural sort of feel where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that character wouldn't be wearing a bra right now or whatever. And it's, That sort of vibe that I always really miss once we start getting, I think, to the more contemporary films in that it's just so forced and everyone has fake everything. And in this one, it just feels more genuine and fun. And Lance Hendrickson is fucking crazy. And (laughs) yeah, it's enjoyable. I'm not like saying I would tell somebody it's the best thing ever. I would say, you know, if everyone's had a couple of beers and we want to watch a stupid flying fish film. (laughs) Like, <laughs> it might be the only one. It might be a good uh, one. <laughs> the only one is yeah. James Cameron still jokes about the fact of like because he hates this film, but he jokes about the fact that it's it's the best flying piranha film ever made. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're gonna make a film, it's like pick one that's never been made before, so you can just say it's the best one. Absolutely. Do we prefer the spawning or do we prefer flying killers? I like the spawning. Interesting. I think I like. The I think it's more of a well. horror title i think i like flying killers personally mm-hmm. i would i just want flying fish <laughs> flying fish yeah piranha too flying fish <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting <laughs> that's true yeah because i think flying killers could be a multiple of things it doesn't necessarily yeah. indicate fish exactly. indicate what's about to happen <laughs> I don't, i'm not I'm not convinced to kill anyone when they're flying <laughs> but anyway they go right for the uh, jugular they're like vampire fish in this then we get piranha in 1995, straight to TV movie, <laughs> we called it Piranhas because in some territories it was. And for the love of God, we need some way to differentiate these films. 3.9 out of 10, so a higher score on the IMDb than Piranha 2. Directed by Scott P. Levy. Budget? Nobody knows. Box office? Nobody cares. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie <laughs> this is, this is one of the very few films, very, very few films that you start watching it and you realize this is... Okay, it's not a shot-by-shot remake. It's not like Gus Van Sant's Psycho, but this is a script remake. Like, they just took the same script. They even tried to build some of the same sets. They used some of the same footage. Mostly little bits to do with the piranhas. But Roger Corman's back, Roger Corman's back in control. 
And yeah, they're just literally using, there's a few tweaks here and there. And I argued in our podcast that I actually think the story tweaks are better on the page. Like they fix some of the problems that I had with the first film um, on paper, <laughs> but in delivery, oh boy, everyone, this is like everything sanitized. There's very, well, there is some nudity actually. There's some full nudity, weirdly. Yeah. But the blood is terrible. The charisma's all gone. The charm is all gone. The joy has gone from everybody. And you're just getting in like midday TV soap actors from the mid nineties who are just like giving it their all but in terrible melodramatic way. And it's just dull as fuck. I mean, if I hadn't seen the original film, this would still be dull. But if you've ever seen the original, this is just so ridiculously pointless. It, I don't even know. I don't even understand why this exists. <laughs> Mila Kunis is in it. That's true. Oh, yeah. That helps. She saves it. Yeah. yeah, I got really excited when I saw her name in the credits. And boy, did it all go downhill from there. <laughs> she's she's the she only one whimpering. worth acting in this film yeah she's fine she's just hardly on screen yeah it's pretty sad yeah. and yeah it's just like a plagiarized version of the first one in my opinion it really is but i mean it's the same makers there's not even plagiarized it's just like oh yeah we did that let's do it again it's like just just license your original film out to tv and you'll make more money than spending the money to make this like i don't understand yeah yeah what's weird is they thought they were like the things that they changed, they changed to improve it. And again, like you said, on paper, sure, that sounds good. Tackle the issues that the first one had, but they just made it so much worse. Yeah. yeah. And and still a raft for most of the film. Yeah. Again, <laughs> what's Ridiculous. with the raft? With half the charm as the first raft. Yeah. No. At this no. point, I think, is when we were appreciating the first raft after no, seeing no this No stop motion fish boy. I know. They killed the dog, you guys. It's done. That's right. Fucking out. I mean, beyond that, I just can't take a dull horror movie, and it's so dull. So dull. So, so dull. That lead is awful. Like, that lead chick. (sighs) She's really bad. (sighs) The best. (laughs) (laughs) Who got you that job? Anyway, let's forget about that movie for a second. Piranha 3D, then, the remake, 2010, 5.4 out of 10 on the IMDb. Directed by Alexandra Azure, and the lovely man who gave us High Tension, also known as Switchblade Romance, and he gave us Crawl this year. He also did remakes a lot at that time. He did Mirrors, and he did The Hills Have Eyes. Budgeted at a fucking colossal $24 million. That's a lot of money for this kind of thing. Yep. Box office, $83 million. Did good. People should go back and listen to our podcast on this one, but we all, well, you two had slightly more in line opinions, which I found interesting, and we get into a little bit in depth there, so I don't want to recover that ground. But for me, yeah, like I like Alexander Ajit can shoot. You got $24 million, so it's going to look hopefully pretty slick. Unfortunately, I think the CGI is terrible throughout, and they start off with some bad CGI, and it's quite a few points where it comes back, and it's very disappointing. But for the stuff on land, like, it's fine. It's all just slick enough. You can sort of bubble along okay. Unfortunately, none of the characters are just... The, none of them are the worst, but none of them are that engaging. Kelly Brook is really the most engaging, and sadly, has very little to do in this. And then we get to the end, and like all these movies, they have half an hour of mayhem at the end, and this half hour, an hour of mayhem is fucking insane mm-hmm. uh, with people dying everywhere an incredible amount of extras an incredible amount of gore effects a lot of showing off from the effects team and i agree with all the stuff i think you guys are about to say but for me it was still like well i like everything that's here 
I just want more stuff to make it, yeah, as you guys, I think, are about to fill in. But I have I have a good time with this movie every time I watch it. I have problems with it, and some parts of it definitely rub me the wrong way, but I still have a good time every time I see this movie. Yeah, again, I if you're interested in this and you haven't heard the episode where we cover this movie, I think we'll def- we definitely go more in depth than we will right now. I had been excited at the beginning of this film just because... As awful as that Whirlpool CGI was, I was really excited about the idea that there was an earthquake that cracked the floor of this lake bed, and then these piranha that were previously thought to have been extinct have actually been living under there. I thought that was a really cool idea. I wish they had talked more about that. But then, yeah, as it goes on and on, I just kept feeling more and more irked by how everything was being handled. Yes, in all of these films, especially in films from the 80s and 90s and horror movies, we usually only get female nudity. This one was done in 2010. So I I know they said they wanted to go back and celebrate the way things were shot and stories were told in the 80s. I think they still could have celebrated it by also including male nudity or including kills as gruesome on... Don't interrupt me. <laughs> I think whether or not people wanted to be nude, they also could have had some more gruesome kills on the men of the story. The only gruesome kills we see are to women getting their faces pulled off, getting killed, but still having their boobs show when they get killed. Just like everything that's awful that's happening is happening to women. And it's super frustrating, especially as the men just like cheer on and ogle and like say stupid shit. So yeah, I <laughs> left Katie's house. We watched this together and I got in my car and just left being like, ugh, I feel gross. I didn't enjoy that. I was excited at the start because I liked the idea and I was seeing two actors that I used to like in my trashy TV shows that I watched in high school and that was exciting and it just really didn't hit it for me. Yeah, so... I mean, I echo a lot of what Ali just said. It was really an interesting watch because I felt the same at the beginning in that I was really enjoying it. It obviously has a lot of pedigree to the directing and to the cinematography. And then as it progressed, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't enjoying it. And I was excited to enjoy it. Ali and I were prone and ready to enjoy this film. (laughs) And like even the parts that were meant to be funny, neither of us were laughing. And then at the end, we just had this weird silence after it ended. And it was strange because and at the time, I couldn't even define why that was. And then it, it actually took until the next day when we did discuss it to kind of put my finger on where that discomfort was coming from. And it's just, it's kind of sad. And it's hard because I, on paper, I I really want to love this movie. And I really just struggled with it. And at the end of the day, I think it is, like Ali said, because just things were done specifically to one gender. And it just felt really lopsided and careless in the way that it was handled, which was disappointing. Overall, because there was some really fun stuff in here. I mean, you've got Doc, you've got Richard Dreyfus at the beginning. Like, there's all these wonderful nods throughout that Adam Scott. 
Adam Scott is in it. Like Bing <laughs> Rames is in it. It's just like got all this fun stuff. And you're just like, I want, I want to do this. I want to like love being in this world with all these people. And it just, it's, I don't know. And maybe I'm just not that fun anymore. And I can't see things for the, what they're trying to do. I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there that are like, oh, you're just, you're too feminized at this point. But that's how I feel. So sucks. Just be clear, yeah. <laughs> too feminized. This should not be a word. No, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I understand but, the whole idea of everyone saying, "Oh, you, you know, especially yeah, women are getting too targeted, yeah, sure. or too sensitive to things." But, but I, I mean, I wanted, like I said, I really wanted to like it. I got into this because I love horror movies. I love this world, and. Yeah, and anybody who listens to our previous podcast, they know, and I think this is important, if someone is for some weird reason just jumping in here on this this show to let you don't know people's personalities, neither of you two have, like, you guys have enjoyed many films in the series we do that are bad movies that just have female nudity and not enough male nudity. Yeah. That's a reoccurring thing. And sure, part of it can be the fact that this is more modern, so you expect something else from it. But I, you've both enjoyed films in, in that region. And that's what we really get into the episode and people can listen to it. But that was what was interesting to me because I agreed with everything you were saying. Like, I wanted more male nudity. I think there's a lot more fun they could have had. But it's such a fine tune. It's just this, this little, little yeah. like thing that it could have done that would really change the tone of the whole film from what you guys are saying. Because it wasn't, you know, a lot of the nudities on the boat. And you guys didn't have a problem with Kelly Brook and this other girl getting nude because no. that was contextually fine. A lot of the nudities yeah. just at spring break. And it's like, okay, well, we would see more penises but fine. But then just really like that hammering the nail home at the end of yes, all this violence is going to happen. And it's just going to be just like two and then maybe three and maybe four jokes that are just all like pushing that line over. Yeah. All aimed more at women with the guys just getting to do the sort of jumping from boat to boat stuff. And only Elizabeth Shue is really here to be the heroic female and she's kind of useless. Yeah. Like she's not doing much. Um, so I do, again, just to be clear, I agree with both of you. I'm just taking it as like, look, I like everything that's here. I just want more on top of this, like, Sunday. It's like I said in the spawning. Like, I loved the spawning because they had natural boobs. Like, I am a big fan of the woman body. You know, if you want to get your boobs yep. out, get your boobs out. I'm all about it. Just not on Instagram. Well, I don't run Instagram. <laughs> We're fine with that. Yeah. If I ran Instagram, <laughs> you could get your boobs out on Instagram. Piranha 3 Double D 2012, only two years later, gets a 3.7 out of 10. So equal with Piranha 2 The Spawning as the lowest rated on the IMDb's. Directed by John Gulliger, uh, who's the guy who did a Feast movie. Budgeted at 5 million, quite a drop. Box office 8.5 million, quite a drop. Um, and really, one, I was nervous. I was really nervous last week going into this. I was like, oh my God, if these two had a problem with Piranha 3D, Piranha 3 D is going to make them angry, particularly Ali. And the shocker to me was I think you two were finer with this film than you were with the previous week's film because this film is just all stupid insanity. But it's this equal. is just like, yeah. It's equal across Agreed. the board. I don't know that it is equal. It's equal killing. Like, it's <laughs> I would equal not violence say that. to the characters. There's nobody. Yeah. Is- yeah, no one's being singled out here. And I think it's a lot less spring break focused and a lot more like anchor man sort of at a water park <laughs> focused. It's literally a new water park with a fucking cooch can Those and just like stuff. Those ladies are there of their own volition. It's like I just said, if you want to get your boobs out and you're at a water park that says you can, you're allowed to do that, then fine, do that. I don't and care. And there are kills that are equally as creative yeah. done to the men we see men dying just as much as we see women dying 
the women aren't more dumb than the men are. The men are equally as stupid in this movie. Everybody's so stupid. (laughs) Everybody's an idiot. You get a severed penis in both of these movies. So I don't know what you're complaining about. The severed penis in 3DD was better than 3D. Well, that's just because it wasn't a CGI atrocity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. That's why it's better. Yeah, like, uh, I have real problems with this movie. There's bits of it that I like. The humor just is not for me. It's like missing the mark completely. It feels ugly. And this was the interesting thing. Like, if if this one made my skin crawl as a man. (laughs) And that was the interesting flip that I thought was very interesting from, yeah, the previous weeks to to last week's one. But, you know, yeah, there are bits of it that I think are better than 3D, for sure. There's a whole lot that isn't, including just I don't think John Gallagher is anywhere near as good a director as Alexandra Azure. And the mayhem in that last half just has nothing. It like, has David nothing. Hasselhoff in it. I am on yeah. board. <laughs> I don't know. Again, go to last week's episode here all of feelings, oh. but I have very mixed feelings about this film. And, it, and this one is the one that makes me feel icky. And just thinking about it now makes me feel icky, to be honest. Yeah, but you guys went slightly the other way. I'm not going to... You guys didn't love it, no. to be clear, did you? <laughs> no. But you were just slightly more forgiven. I do listen to fish hunter a lot at home now (laughs) downloaded it it's not my ringtone on my phone (laughs) we didn't mention this last week but this movie prime 3 d it was nominated for two razzie awards one included the worst prequel remake ripoff or sequel category and the other was the other was worst supporting actor for david hasselhoff (gasps) rude (laughs) it's like you He's doing all they're asking of him, you know? He is himself in this. You can see it. Yeah. Where he's like, yep, this is where I'm at now in life. I'm embracing it. Do you know what's even funnier than that, though? It lost both nominations to the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part (laughs) 2. That's hilarious. Good decision. God bless the Razzies. (laughs) Nice. Um, All right. That's all the movies. But where were they going to go next, guys? Well, I did as much digging as I could. I read a lot of articles and there was stuff happening I wasn't really aware of at the time. According to Bloody Disgusting, the Piranha franchise was still going to continue, albeit probably with a remake. There's so little information, it's very hard to tell. This is in about 2016, 2017. They were making a film called Summer of the Piranha. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. <laughs> also called Piranha JPN because it was going to be set and targeted at Japan. The rights holder and producer Hisako Tsukaba, I think that's how you say her name, was prepping a new series installment and it was meant to be released last year in 2018. A casting call even went out the end of 2016 for women aged 18 years and older. <laughs> of course. And guys, I'm going to send you now a little picture because they did cast some women apparently oh so here is a picture that they then uploaded of the women i suggest people go online right now and they type in uh, summer of prana or oh prana, J- J- prana jpn girls wow there they are lots of japanese looking happy ladies why isn't haruka in here i have absolutely <laughs> no idea that's great Roger Corman himself, the producer of the original, the second one a little bit, I think, and the TV one, he was going to be back executive producing. He was putting a lot of his own money in as well. There were rumors that the piranha in the film would actually be a hybrid of piranha and tuna. Human. What? No. What? Tuna? Tuna. (laughs) 
<laughs> because it was going to be a tongue-in-cheek reference to how much the Japanese love tuna. Oh my god. Wow. Um, an arrow in the head even reported, and I, they they give no fucking like source for this. There's nothing to really. They just put it in a sentence. They reported that Christopher Lloyd would be returning yet again. <laughs> Like I have nothing to do. Can someone give Christopher Lloyd a job? Evidently. <laughs> and then if we Can want we him hire to just him hang to come out. be on our podcast? Yeah. Is that how I easy mean, it is to book him? Almost definitely. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, almost definitely. God bless him. Just doing just doing what he loves. There are two <laughs> images of concept art that were released for this film. People go online, type in Prana JPN. I'm gonna send them to you guys right now, so you don't have to. Concept art, here we are. <laughs> Oh um, my god. There's one image that is like <laughs> made by, I don't know, a 17 year old in five minutes on Photoshop <laughs> that is underwater, I think. I'm not even sure. There's a piranha coming out of fire, and then there's like a lightning bolt coming from a volcano or something hitting what? the piranha. No idea what's happening there. And then there's another shot, which is just a big old, this is a big. Like the Godzilla premise. Where he like falls in the volcano and then it makes him stronger. Maybe. They're just stealing like, Godzilla um, ideas. Yeah, maybe. And then there's another image of a sort of megalodon sized piranha with, I, I think it's meant to be two or three people. I'm not really sure. So when <laughs> that first one's pretty large, also. <laughs> yeah. They're just like stick figures of people swimming underwater. It looks like the one up front is pulling a couple by the female's hair. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right for the, while she's wearing a scarf or a jumper around her waist. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, she's clearly gonna... talented people were involved with this movie. <laughs> wow. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's still happening. Technically, if you go to IMDb Pro, it's still in production, but there's never been a director announced, nothing else announced. It's just disappeared. So who knows even if they still hold the rights for it. Probably do if it was just a year or two ago. Um, they should do yeah. Piranha versus Godzilla because he always goes in the ocean and then disappears and then they'd be like, ha ha, Piranha's going to get him now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think, yeah, do a big flying, do flying Piranha, yeah. but giant version versus Gojira. Yeah. That's really the last news that it was about a new Piranha film. I do believe we will get one at one point and us three will have to unite um, once more. God but- damn it. I feel like we could just make it and then Christopher Lloyd will be in it. Obviously. Well, that's the thing. It's like that's what I mean. It's like Obviously, how does the rights to this work? Will be in it. He'll be in anything. Because if we just make a film and call it Piranha something, and we just yeah get Christopher Lloyd in it, yeah, to shout a bit, yeah, then have we made the third Piranha film in the new series? <laughs> what if we just on the poster just put Christopher Lloyd on a raft? Ooh. Is that is that enough? Is that done? Yeah, we call it Piranha the rough roughening the roughening. Rough <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I can't find anything else. If anybody else does know information about this, it's too late. We've already recorded a podcast, so you just be <laughs> smug. <laughs> Put it Where up have on, you been this tweet, whole time? Tweet at us. <laughs> we'll retweet you. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? It's a Piranha movies. I mean, I saw a few articles by some people on genre website saying, hey, it's about time for a new Piranha film. And I don't disagree. But we will get at the end of this podcast if we have any ideas of what we would do with it. Um, we'll see maybe no ideas we'll find out but guys i'm excited because forget all that that doesn't matter we're gonna do the rotten tomatoes game are you prepared no Allie, are your palms yes. sweaty 
I am prepared. <laughs> I so am. as we ran through all of the po- uh, all of the films, I've been saying the IMDb scores to you both again. I will not repeat them. You have been told the IMDb scores. Now we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes scores. So for people who don't know, Rotten Tomatoes is a fucking useless site where they aggregate <laughs> everything in a ridiculous format and people treat it as if it matters. And unfortunately it does. And all of our careers in the film industry are determined by the scores on the Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> God bless them. I love them. Please uh, certify <laughs> us and send me a little trophy to put on my shelf. <laughs> I take it all back. You're great. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They have a critic score and they have an audience score. That's the difference. IMDb, they do have both. It's a little hidden. The audience score is actually the main one on IMDb. I've always used to think it wasn't that, but it is indeed the audience score. Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is a little bit more prominent, but the audience score is right there as well. Now, I always pick one. And the simple game is I'm going to tell you what it got from one or the other, either critical or the audience. And you've got to guess if it's higher or lower for the other one, critical audience. Wait, 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 what? I lost it. I feel like I'm back at school and the teacher started talking and I just like... <laughs> okay, I'll let you know for this one. For this one, I'm going to give the audience score, which is in a percentage. Okay. And then you've got to say if you think the critic score is going to be oh, higher or it. lower. Okay. You'll okay, get one it. point for being right. You'll get an extra point if you're within 5%. I think sometimes I've done 10%. I'm going to do 5% this time. Oh, Maybe do we have to give a, you a number or we just say higher or lower? I, w- I mean, you might as well just give a number because you've got a chance of getting two points. Okay. What you got to lose, Allie nothing great no one's listening (laughs) (laughs) we're just doing this for ourselves piranha 1978 the audience gave that movie 41 percent what did the critics give was it higher lower whereabouts was it two points if you're five percent out katie Allie, who's gonna win i'm gonna say it's higher Allie's gone higher, and what sort of percentage are we talking? I will say 69. Ooh, yeah, you will. Feisty. What, it, what was the uh, people's choice? Was it? 41. 41. Higher wow. or lower for Piranha 1978? I will say higher, but I'm going to stick around 55%. Well, you're both correct. It was indeed higher. The critics gave it 72%. God Allie's Woo! 5% out, two points to Allie. That is a nice. strong start. <laughs> nice. They always score the first ones of these franchises pretty high. So Critics I feel the it. rest of them will be pretty low. <laughs> We're going to find out. We're going to find out right now. Piranha 2, The Spawning, Flying Killers, 1981. The audience gave it 11%. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did the critics give it? Higher, lower? <laughs> And what kind of percent are we talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> Very exciting. James Cameron's <laughs> first movie. Exciting. Audience gave it 11%. Yikes. But what did the critics think of James Cameron's first movie? I will say higher 14. Higher 14, just a little incremental nudge. Allie. I'll That's s- like fitting a dollar in prices, right? <laughs> I'll say lower for, they gave 11? Yeah. 11%. I'll say games. 10. 10% rally. <laughs> I mean, I will say this. You both gave different answers. One of you is correct. Uh, <laughs> that's called tension building. Which the audience gave it 11%. The critics gave Piranha 2, James Cameron's first movie, 6%. Oh, my gosh. No. Two more. Oh, my God. 
more points to Ali. God damn it. 6%? Why are you even voting? It's hilarious. Has anyone ever gotten 0% from the critics? Yeah, we do this quite a lot now. Okay. (laughs) Piranhas. 1995, that adorable TV movie, completely pointless remake. The audience gave it 19% higher than Piranha 2. Maybe this one got 0%. I was going to say. What did the critics (laughs) give it? What did the critics give this movie? Higher or lower? Was that a guess? Yeah, I'll say 0. I mean, it was my question from the last one, if... They've ever given a movie 0%. And then you said the name of this movie. And I was like, oh, if, if any movie's going to get it, it's probably <laughs> if that. If there was ever one that deserved zero, it was this one. <laughs> I will also say lower, but I will give it 7. 7%. You're both correct. They went lower than 19%. Sort of. The critics didn't even bother to rate it. This uh, is not rated movie. I am counting that as a zero, no. which means you're both correct. This is ridiculous. And Allie gets Wait, so points. then why not just write zero percent to like really hammer home how awful they think this movie is? Oh, because no one even voted. Not even one critic. They just didn't even watch it. Not one critic has bothered to put <laughs> So if you're listening Mila to this. Kunis, though. <laughs> look, I know we have some friends who are critics who listen to this show. Go to Ron Tomatoes, vote for Piranhas 99, and by the love of God, vote low. <laughs> yeah. And you will control its new percentage. Yes. Ali is in the lead by six you would to think two. That Whatever. Would have, wait, so that counted? I got points for that? Yeah, you get two well, points. I feel like. I don't know. Oh, you definitely get I one point. I feel like that was a trick question. Okay, fine. Thank you. Fine. Just one point. Just one point. Five to two. Piranha 3D, 2010. Ugh. The audience gave it 43%, a higher score from the audience so far. Still not, still not great. Although I can't talk with our film. What score <laughs> did the critics give? Is it higher? Is it lower? Is it exactly the same? That's always an option. Didn't think of that, did you? Again, exciting times we live in. They're both looking very <laughs> pensive. I can see them doing math on their fingers. Katie's got her chalkboard out. I, love- I just, I'm worried. You go. No, no, Ali doesn't use a chalkboard. She's like Goodwill Hunting. She's just writing on a piece of pane of glass. It's not even attached to anything. She's just got a floating pane of glass in her room. As you do. My, all the furniture in my apartment levitates. Yep. You I didn't mean literally floating. I meant one of those... <laughs> Just like when it's like not anyway, on a doesn't wall, doesn't matter. Yeah, higher or lower than forty three percent from the audience. Higher, I'm gonna uh, fifty five. Reluctant, fifty five and higher from Katie. What about you, Ali? I also think it's higher, which is upsetting. I'll say sixty one. Sixty one. Just to be clear, when we we're going through this film, you both seemed fairly like you know. Okay, and then it's gradually irked you both more the further away we've got from this movie. Yeah, the more I think about it, the angrier I get. Yeah, mm. that's how it builds. It's like many Hell things in life no for me. Theory. <laughs> well, you're both correct. It did indeed. The critics went higher, but they did 74% for this movie. 74% Stupid. for the critics. The highest so far from the critics and the highest so far from the audience. Gross. Last one, Piranha 3, Double D, from 2012. <laughs> what did they give it? The audience gave it 22%. Oh, <laughs> valid. But what did the critics do? That's it? valid, did you guys. Did they go higher? 
Did they go lower? Did they go exactly the same? For anyone uh, not doing math at home, because, hey, it's your time off. You've probably been at work. You're listening to this. As you, you know, you get home. You're like, can't wait to get back from my hard, <laughs> hard job. Going to crack open a beer. Listen to that piranha wrap up. Don't worry about the math. I've got you. Ali's got six points. Katie's got three, which means it's just problematically impossible <laughs> for Katie to win. Or even draw. So really, this last round means nothing. So, the audience, 22%. What did the critics do? 22. What did you say about David Hasselhoff earlier? Oh, he lost the Razzie. That's true. It doesn't matter. I'll say... I'll go with what you said. They it was the same score. Oh, same I score. Twenty two. Intriguing. Katie Watson. Lower. Is that what you're gonna say? Lower. Lower. At what? Sixteen. Katie Watson is correct. They did go lower than twenty two percent. The critics went fourteen percent. Two points to Katie. Woo-hoo! She loses six to five. A noble, noble victory and loss. I made it. Well I made a little. <laughs> Bob, back up. That was the first of our two games of this podcast. Very exciting. Normally here is where we're going to pad things out a little bit and we're <laughs> going to talk about some other stuff. But no, we're moving straight into the second quiz, guys. <laughs> or if you want, should we do some of our lists and then we can le- do the quiz and then we'll do our ranking the movies. Should we do that? Sure. So break it up a little bit? Sure. Otherwise, tension's too high. Good old, good old <laughs> Justin Laws at home with that crazy ass dog that he likes I love to walk, his you know, dog. in the back. He's so cute. Fucking insane. <laughs> the look in its eyes. <laughs> and he's just like, he's up, he is, he is sweating. He's had to take his shirt off. He's drenched through his sweat from the tension of that last. So, uh, so let's like, give him a break. What is happening? What are you talking about? <laughs> we're going to give Justin Law a little break. That's what we're saying. Take we're going to talk take through us some a of our rankings. selfie right now, Justin, and tag us in it on your Instagram. Yes. Please. That man, by the way, topless calendar coming out in 2020. Everyone should purchase. That's what everyone is getting for Christmas on my list, by the way. Mostly him on that beach. Yeah. All right. In our awards for the Piranha Wrap-Up, first up is Best Lead. Who was the best lead in all these films? Normally, I've bothered to write down all of our options, but I couldn't be fucked. I'm going to go first. And I'll be honest, it was hard because I don't really care about any of them. And most of my favorite characters in this are the sidelined characters. <laughs> They're not really the ones who are up. Like Adam Scott in Piranha 3D yep. and Kelly Brook. I just want to see those two together. That would be a movie yeah. I'd watch. Yeah, like Lance Henriksen, <laughs> Piranha 2. <laughs> I want to just watch him. I want to see Lance Henriksen but- with Kelly Brooks. <laughs> oh. oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. That sounds like a lawsuit. <laughs> my, my personal pick, and again, not in an excited way. It really, I, you know, I had some sleepless nights. Trisha O'Neill as Anne Kimbra from Piranha 2. She was totally acceptable as a lead character that I can watch, be on board with her journey. She seemed to have a struggle and an arc, and I was all right with it. There you go. What about you guys? <laughs> I chose Trisha O'Neill as well, but really only because she reminds me of Adrienne Barbeau and she's got really good <laughs> hair and she survived Lance Hendrickson. So she deserves something. That's true. Twice in a marriage and a, a spawning. Yep. That was my choice. Well, I feel like our answers will be very similar because I also no. wrote 
Trisha O'Neill. <laughs> no way. And I said, even though she wants to sleep with her son, <laughs> I do think she's That's... the less idiotic of yeah. our leads. Yeah. Does that speak to how good she is or how bad everybody else is? Every the latter. Yeah, for sure. Good. Next up in our awards, we've got best nudity. Now, again, not many penises going on here, so it's definitely one-sided nudity. I don't know how, I mean, it's hard not to pick anything but the mermaid girls for me. Like that was just a great scene and particularly watching it in 3D in the cinema was a wonderful moment. And you have opera music. So, you know, classed it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, when I think, because there's so much nudity in these and nothing else sticks with me like that, but it's obviously the obvious one. So I was hoping I could find something cool and a little bit more subversive. Uh, maybe you guys did. I don't know, but I did not. That is definitely my favorite. Yeah, Ali, what'd you choose? I also wrote the same thing. <laughs> but it I mean it is it's just because the rest of the nudity is all the exact same. This is the only one that when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's the only one I can remember because it's everything else looks the same. I couldn't tell you what movies the other boobs were from if you were to like put up a slideshow. <laughs> but I also wrote down That sounds like a fun night in. That sounds like a, is that our next quiz? Are we getting Place pizza? Place these boobs. <laughs> yeah, I also said, I said the mermaid girls through the glass bottom boat and also the dude when he's having sex with the girl and the piranha bites his penis. I think we see his butt, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, you see his butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the sake of male butts and fake practical penises, I'm also going to give a shout out to that. You see, you see that large guy's butt when he gets that. a piranha up it? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you see fat butt. Yeah. You know what? Well, you know what, what about you, Katie? I also had written underwater ballet is like pretty fucking great. But I also do remember in, I think it was in the spawning, A, the guy at the very beginning, tiny little bathing suit, which I appreciated. Not, oh, yeah. Not quite oh, yeah. nudity, but, and then that was our first full frontal nudity. So, that's, oh yeah, you know that chick. She deserves something. She took off all of her clothes. Actually, yeah, those two at the beginning are pretty good at that. Yeah, because they're both. It's ridiculous, and she's cutting his freaking swimsuit off yeah. with a knife. Yeah, I mean, and I do actually. We joked about it earlier. Death, you guys to have sex. We joked about it earlier, but drowning his girlfriend in a waterfall while yeah. she's getting a wet t-shirt <laughs> going on great. is yeah. great nudity. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then we got best kill. I mean, in all honesty, the kills are pretty not exciting in this franchise other than the last two films. And there are some fun ones in both. Obviously, the big one is the one that I know you guys find kind of icky. The hair, the face, the motorboat. Uh, yeah, the propeller pulling off the Legless parasailing. Come on. <laughs> That's a good one. We're going to say actually, like, I mean, the hair in the face is definitely the one that sticks with me the most because it's fucking haunting. And I'm always thinking about how painful salty water would feel on your, in your skin once it's been pulled I off. don't think she's concerned always, with that at that You're always point. thinking about that? Always, just constantly. <laughs> but I have to say, and I know that, again, we, didn't, that we said there aren't that many male deaths in that movie. Eli Roth's death is fucking fantastic in that movie. His head just explodes yeah. as this boat just goes straight into it. And there's something satisfying about seeing a public figure and their head just exploding, <laughs> particularly someone who makes nasty movies like Yellow Rough. It's kind of fun. What was the one you were saying, Katie? No, 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 I wasn't. And it's not my favorite one, but I was saying, because you were talking about the ones that you remembered most distinctly. And 
of that film, I would probably say that my most memorable is the parasailing one because I think that was really the only moment of joy that I got in that film just because I thought it was hilarious. However, my favorite kill was the Betsy counselor getting pulled under in the very first one because it's very arty, but I found it really cool at the time, especially for it being in 78. I thought it was a really, really cool shot. So, no, you're right. That's cool imagery. Plus that whole scene see- with the kids, like all actually getting massacred. So it's yeah. insane. Such a good scene. We do get to see 30% of that scene again in a TV remake. Yeah. <laughs> that actual shot. <laughs> There's a positive thing to say Ridiculous. about it. I said, just because I think this aspect of these movies is hilarious. When the fish fly, the first time we <laughs> technically see it fly is in the morgue when it flies from the stomach (laughs) to the nurse and attaches to her neck. So I'm choosing that kill just because every time the fish would fly, it cracked me up. It was really funny. Plus, that's the the precursor to James Cameron doing it in Aliens. Alien, yeah, Yeah. exactly. It really is. Like, he used some of that same technology and those ideas to get facehuggers going. Yep. All good choices. You know what? You turn me around. There's plenty of good kills in this series. (laughs) But who was the worst character in this series i have a runner-up my runner-up is the counselor from the first piranha um the dude i fucking oh, hate yeah. <laughs> I like forgot that. about him she annoyed the shit out of me <laughs> no it was a guy in the first one yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah. i thought you said she no 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 he annoyed oh, the shit out of he's me funny. um my least favorite by far and i hate using this sort of terminology but it's how he is is the fat guy in piranha three double d he's just so useless just sticking his stupid penis and suction holes and then they don't even bite his penis off it's like it's very frustrating and he's just like there's just nothing for him it's just an embarrassment of a role mm-hmm. um, i don't know hate it what do you think ali i struggled with this question just because the two that you just listed are awful but i think this entire franchise is full of a lot of like really horrible characters And I think what's more upsetting for me is when the writers think they're writing a likable character and they have no likable qualities about them. So I chose my worst character based out of that pool of applicants. So I'm going with Danielle Panabaker in 3DD just because she's our lead girl. We're supposed to think she's smart. We're supposed to root for her. All of the decisions that she makes are super stupid. What's a piranha? She claims to, yeah, like she, her friend <laughs> knows that it's a piranha and she's supposed to be the marine biologist. I, yeah. So I, oh, you're still wet. That is valid. Don't <laughs> like her. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? That fucking guy. Like her. Yeah. her I was waiting for you to say that cop out. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, he's <laughs> the worst. Dummy. He's the worst. Mine is actually different. I'm glad we all got different answers for this. We all hated other people. Because there's so many bad Because <laughs> there's so many. There's a lot to choose from in this. But I think my most hated one was Maggie from the 95 TV movie. Just because <laughs> I think she was horribly cast. I don't know who cast her for this film, but it was an abomination. And everyone else I kind of got for their roles, but she just did not fit in her role at all. And to be made the movie many many times worse just for being in it so but my runner-up was yeah hard to say it but the fat guy because he just didn't need to be in the movie at all stupid congratulations (laughs) on a franchise so i think that oh no hang on 
We've got two more. Two yeah. more nominations. Best Piranha. This is the shocker for me because it's hands down Duh. Piranha 3 Double D. Wait. No, <laughs> I, Katie, I think you and I probably have the same answer. We better. <laughs> for me, it's Piranha 3 Double D. I thought because they really worked hard to use as many prosthetics and just using puppets again as they possibly could. Only obviously they look better than the puppets they used in the original Piranha. And there's a couple of CGI bits here and there, which are, which aren't great. But that was my big surprise. That was the thing that going back to Piranha 3 Double D last week, where I, was, where I was really shocked by, oh, whenever the Piranhas are in this movie, I'm into this movie. It's a lot of fun because they look great and stupid and goofy and practical. And I like it. Um, whenever they're not in a movie, this film sucks, basically. But you guys have a different answer. What is it? Duh. The stop motion one. Oh, I don't count that. Too bad. Well, you're in the movie. Obviously, he's the best creature, but we're talking about which film did the best piranha effects. Best piranha. Ali's wearing a fucking essay about this guy. I can't read all that. (laughs) It's one sentence. All it says is obviously the stop motion one. And then I move on to the next question. (laughs) I don't count him. Okay. Obviously, he's the best character. Well, Katie and I do. (laughs) <laughs> Two versus one. Moving on. Fine. We can both be right. <laughs> ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous. <laughs> in our last, uh, our last award, the most ridiculous moment. Now, we've said a lot of shit about this franchise, but we can at least say there are a lot of ridiculous moments <laughs> in this franchise. From just situations people do to fucking... People get stranded on rafts to people getting stranded on rafts because the piranha ate for a fucking dock to good old Christopher Lloyd and his crazy acting just to, yeah, piranha like eating someone's penis through someone else's vagina. It's a crazy, crazy movie. <laughs> There's crazy that one movies. where it bore through her skull and came out of her mouth. Yep. That's but for me, nuts. the most ridiculous moment can only be. Lance Henriksen leaping from a helicopter for absolutely no reason to try and save someone. I mean, buddy, for fucking serious. Just, yes. It it feels like no one even, he wasn't even told to do it. No, I know. Everyone was like, we had to pay for that helicopter. Like, (laughs) that's coming out of your paycheck. Insanity. It's He's probably still in brilliant. debt to this day. But just, <laughs> just the look of him looking at his brilliant. son and then looking at the boat. And for those two things to be like, the reasonable thing would be to tell him to drive the boat. <laughs> he knows how to drive a boat. That is his job in life is to drive boats. <laughs> but no, I'm going to drive the boat. But I'm in a helicopter. So what how do, do I, I do? This? How do I solve? How do I get from A to C here? Oh, wait. I'm going to leap out and let the helicopter just explode. Not even fly it away from my son and his girlfriend. He then has to swim to the boat. (laughs) (laughs) Through the prana water, he's trying to stop his son from swimming through. It's unbelievable. And I love it. Just the best. I feel Ali has a different answer, though, and I'm excited to hear it. No, I have a few answers because I figured we would all write down the helicopter. It brings me so much joy. We'd all talk about the raft. So, of course, I've listed every moment on a raft ever, the helicopter moment, and then one that hopefully neither of you wrote down or will be a fun memory is in the first one where it's a bizarre, questionably flirty scene when she says, (laughs) I've been trying to hint my way under the covers for five minutes. 
and it's so strange. So weird. <laughs> Such a weird interaction. So weird. And they don't even have sex, apparently. Don't think no. so. They do in the book, apparently. What a weird relationship. In the book? Yeah. Novelization. There's a book? You want to read it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. It's a novelization. A lot of these movies had novelizations going on. I'm pretty sure it's for this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There are lots of joy from this franchise in weird little ridiculous moments. So, good. We're going to get them back to our actual ranking the films in a moment. But put a pin in it. Justin Law, prepare to get sweaty again because here we go. <laughs> if, you put, if you thought now it's safe to put your clothes back on, no, take more off because here we go. We're going to go into quiz. I've got 10 questions for you guys. I'll be honest. Normally, I get to do slightly more interesting questions. <laughs> I had to go with what I've got. And what I've got is piranha questions. So here we are. Question number one. Universal How Studios. Does this work? Okay. You get, get points. If you get it right, you get a point. Do we That's like what? write it down and hold it up oh, or just sorry. shout? Yeah, yeah, What's forgot. happening? Are you, are you new to the quiz in the wrap-up? Have we not done one for one of your wrap-ups before? We have done one, but we wrote them down. But you didn't give us instructions. I wasn't sure what to That's do. That's true. I apologize. If you could both write them down and then when okay. you say when I say to you to, to hold them up, you're going to say the answer as you hold it up because the audio listeners, like our friend Justin, cannot see what you're holding up. They're blind. Despite Ooh, I hope his many not. powers... His dog is many things, but it's not a seeing eye dog. Yeah, he is not Bran from Game of Thrones. Bran doesn't do as, shit anyway. As in completely useless. Justin has many uses. I don't know Justin, and I also don't watch Game of Thrones. Do you have you ever had Bran in your cereal? Do you know what Bran is? The cereal? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what it is. I don't eat it. Oh, well, then you basically <laughs> encountered Bran from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Question number one. Universal Studios tried to sue Piranha from 1978 when it was first coming out. But why did they end up dropping the lawsuit? This is all stuff we've covered on the previous podcast, all <laughs> facts that should be fresh in your minds. <laughs> this is the negative reason for us to be recording week by week rather than just stock loading oh these gosh. as we do them day by day. Uh, Universal Studios tried to sue Piranha when it was first coming out, but they dropped that lawsuit. Why? Why would they do such a thing? Let's go pretty quick, because I'm getting hungry. Peckish. <laughs> Need some food. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to talk about what we're doing next. That's what's going to be happening, by the way. If you're getting bored and you want to tune out, stay with us. I'm going to be talking about what stuff can bore you next week in just a few moments. Everyone's got their answers written down. I have no yes. idea. Katie. I'm just Katie gonna write not. some shit. I don't have any idea. Excellent. Awesome. Allie, would you please hold up and read out your answer? I said because they saw the stop motion piranha and fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> Katie, who is still writing illegal, uh, would you please hold up your answer it's and just read it stupid. out? Stupid. Because they got sleepy. Because <laughs> they got sleepy. <laughs> you are both uh, not even close. Uh, it's because Steven Spielberg came out and uh, helped out. He was enjoying this movie and they were trying to sue it for being too close to Jaws. And he said, no, nah, it's a good movie. Let them pass. Mm. Question number two. On the original Prana movie, how much were the extras paid per day? How much were they paid per day? They're writing down answers. Trying to think of anything interesting that's happening around me, but nothing interesting. I'm, I'm near a pub. 
in London. <laughs> People are drinking. Look like they're having a pretty good time. But it's all fake. It's all just, you know, conversation for the sake of conversation. They're all dead inside and just avoiding the inevitable truth that they finish work, go to the pub, and then they've got to go home. So, you know, why not go home with a buzz so you can hate your family a little less? Katie. This is enlightening. $50. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. There it is. I said paid in meals? Ooh, interesting. They were paid five dollars plus a box lunch. So I'm gonna give Allie half kind a of. point for that. That's I okay got, with you, there's Katie. There's a five in my answer. That is very true. Well done. <laughs> no points for you. Point. <laughs> <laughs> half a point for Allie. That's gonna be fun with the math leader. Question number three. We've got 10 questions. James Cameron used his entire advanced salary to get a plane ticket to fly to Rome so he could be involved in the Piranha 2's post-production. But with no money left for food, how did he eat? Sounds like a rhetorical, like, (laughs) just like a math question. (laughs) If James Cameron gets $500 (laughs) in an advanced salary... And pays $495 for a plane ticket to fly to Rome to be involved in Piranha 2's post-production with no money left. Well, $5 left. How did he eat? Allie's written down something. She looks a little pensive about it. I don't know. I think, I think it's right. <laughs> oh, I think she's excited. <laughs> you do. All right. Let's go. Allie thinks she's right. Hold up, please, and read it out. I said stealing bread rolls from the hotel. Interesting. Katie Watson. I said he ate leftovers from people's room service trays. You're both correct. Yeah. You are both correct. He uh, snatched leftovers from the dinner trays outside of rooms at his hotel, which did include bread rolls. Woohoo. One point each. The excitement has begun. It's pretty exciting. I hope, pers- I hope Justin started to perspire. Question <laughs> four. Because of this, this is what you call a follow-on question. Smart writing. Because of this, James Cameron then became ill with a fever from exhaustion and malnutrition because clearly the bread rolls weren't great. (laughs) He had a fever dream that would later on become the idea for a future movie. What happened in his fever dream? Shit. I will give half a point if you can just name which movie it informed. If you name which movie and you explain his fever dream, you'll get one and a half points. It's the only way this half-point madness can end. And we can get back to good, solid numbers. Unless, of course, Katie gets both, in which case we're fucked. And math is my enemy, as everybody knows. I'm available for producing jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I remember when we started this podcast many years ago, and it was partly just we had an excuse to like chat and hang out with friends, do movies, and then we we're like, actually, this will be good for our careers. <laughs> actually, <No>. this could <laughs> help. <laughs> no, if anything, doors, I can hear doors literally closing at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ali's went down around, so Katie's doing a little bit of math in her head. This answer does involve math. It might do. We don't know. What he dreamt might have been an equation. It was. Do Katie's you know there. long division? I don't remember and I know I'm going to be upset when I hear it because I can almost hear you telling me this story. I know. It was riveting. (sighs) All right, Katie Watson. 
What? Can you please read us out? Why are you your asking me is? first? Because you think because Ali's <laughs> gone first like last three times. Oh, I went first. <laughs> oh, I thought I went first last time. I think he dreamt of alien. He dreamt of aliens. I said okay. predator at first, but then I remember when we did predator that I think they came up with that on a plane. Okay, and you're just you're just playing for the point five. You don't want to say what the dream was. No, nah, I can't remember what the dream was. Okay, the dream was a metallic torso crawling with knives from fire oh, and it was yeah. his idea for terminator ah. i have to get two fucking points because that was so exact that's actually a little creepy i so, remember because i haven't seen terminator so when you were talking about it i was like i should know this <laughs> it is I yeah don't. exactly a nightmare about a metallic torso emerging from an explosion and dragging itself across the floor with kitchen oh, knives an explosion that's flames with kitchen knives, which isn't even, spoilers for Terminator, isn't even a part of it, the kitchen knives. Oh, I'm out. Um, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> only if kitchen utensils are involved. That was eerily close. Well done. That's two points. Thank Allie's you. Allie's at 3.5 points. Katie's got one. Still plenty of time, Katie. Don't worry. I'm fine. Not worried. Question <laughs> number five. Now, I'm going to take, the, oh, how close do you want to get? Uh, there's, there's an opportunity to get two points here. How many boats were used during the Spring Break Massacre finale of Piranha 3D? How many boats were used during the Spring Break Massacre finale of Piranha 3D? If you get the exact number, I'm going to give you three points. If you get within 10, within 10, I'll give you uh, yeah two points. Within 20, I'll give you one point. And if you get the exact number, I'll give you three points. So many points on offer right now. Very excited. Allie's already got a number down. Uh, Katie. 52. 52 from Katie Watson. Allie. I said 256. No <laughs> points for anyone. It's 1,112 boats. Oh, damn. 1,112 boats. That's too many. Womp womp. <laughs> so many points could have been gotten there. No one wanted them. Question number six. We've passed the halfway mark. Oh and Justin. Justin's probably just down to his underwear and socks. How long did Kelly Brook and Riley Steele, the naked mermaids as we call them, spend in training for that nude underwater scene? Or, if you're going by my notes, nuder underwater scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. Oof. You should have asked the question of how long they had to hold their breath or something. That I might I know. I don't know how long they held their breath for. I thought we discussed they had to end how up long? like holding their breath for... Like five minutes or something. Or am I thinking of Tom Cruise? You might be thinking of something else, yeah. I said two weeks. Two weeks from Katie. I said two months, but I was between two weeks and two months. I feel like two is the right number. (laughs) Two (laughs) Two is the right number. (laughs) I just don't know. It was two years. (laughs) The unit. (laughs) What? (laughs) Katie Watson gets the point. Two weeks. Two weeks is how long we spent. Obviously, Ali Ali, no actor is going to spend two months training for something. Question number seven. I'm available. I'm available for directing work as well. Question number seven. What nearly lost Kelly Brook the role during her audition? She came in for an audition. Oh, I remember. Director wasn't happy. She had to re-audition. What nearly lost her the role that she did in the first audition? Katie's got a little smile for the first time in years. Let's I be remember. This really does take me back to taking tests. And I would be like, I know one of these 25 questions. <laughs> and then I was like, 
I am not getting into any good schools. Ali said before that she was, uh, you know, the pressure was getting to her, but she looks like she's genuinely enjoying the pressure. I think I remember this one as well. (laughs) You go first then, Ali. Okay. It's because she, he wanted her to keep her native accent. She tried to be American. Yeah, I said she used her American accent. You're both correct. She spoke in an American accent in that first audition. He didn't want that. He wanted a native accent when he met her at a restaurant, I guess, and they probably got all kissy-kissy. Don't assume things. I presume everybody gets kissy-kissy. Question number eight. Who worked for more days on the shoot of Piranha 3D? Was it Richard Dreyfus or Christopher Lloyd? Who worked for more days on the shoot for Piranha 3D, Richard Dreyfus or Christopher Lloyd? I like it when I ask a question and no one's upset about it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, oh, I did good with this one. I feel like this is a trick question. I will give you a point if you give me the right answer. I'll give you two points if you give me the actual context, as in the amount of days. Once again, so many points. For people who don't want to do math, that's you, Justin. 4.5. Is the current score for Ali. Katie's right there with three, nibbling at her heels on question eight. That means she can take off all of the flesh and muscle around Ali's heels and calves and leave her stranded in the water. Unless it's the 1995 version in which the doctor dies, but his legs are fine, even though he's been in the water. That's true. He's meant to have died. All right, guys, gonna have to push you for some answers. I said Christopher Lloyd one day, Richard Dreyfus two days. Interesting. I didn't write down each of the days for both of them. I just said I think Christopher Lloyd is there longer for three days. Katie Watson is correct in that Christopher Lloyd was less days, even though he's in the film more. Richard Dreyfus shot for two days, Christopher Lloyd for one day. Two points to Katie. She sneaks into the lead. Allie looks irked. This is all she cares about. It is. This is my life goal. (laughs) For all of the half an hour it's been since you knew this was sprung upon you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Surprising because Richard Rayfus is not in it very long. Question number nine. Last two points, guys, or whatever I decide as I'm making this up as I go along. How many films have Elizabeth Shue and Christopher Lloyd appeared in together? We have not covered this in the podcast. This comes from outside knowledge. I presume you only learn everything from the podcasts, as do all of our listeners. How many films have Elizabeth Shue and Christopher Lloyd appeared in together? Very exciting. And, of course, extra points. Why not, if you can name all of them? Oh, I definitely can't. I mean, you get a point just for, for, just for saying how many. You get an extra point. Well, you, you just can name all of them. Made my, oh, wait. Okay. Allie has a funky color on her lead of her headphones. It's like this sort of a... Aquamarine. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I said Pastily. three. Three films. Move this I said, I said three and then I crossed it out and said four. I had that. two had and then I crossed it out and said three. Nothing to base this <laughs> off of. Can, uh, do either of you want to guess any of the movies? Well, I know she's in Back to the Future. But then I thought maybe she's there and I haven't seen Back to the Futures in a really long time. But then I figured they were probably in another Back to the Future together. I do need to clarify something quickly. How are you both taking the question I said? Because I did word it in a slightly strange way. Are you including this film in that list or not? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. In which case, <laughs> Allie wins. Okay. Yay! They've been in three other films for including this one together. What were the other three um, films? The other three films, and it's a bit of a trick answer, you see, so I thought people might get it because people think Back to the Future, but she didn't actually play that role in Back to the Future 1. She replaced the actress to play the role in Back to the Future 2 and 3. So I think a lot of people will think, okay, there's three right there. She was also in a film with him called 20 Bucks in 1993, which I've never even heard of. So I was like, well, it was a little tricky. Allie, however, gets the point, which means Bitch. Allie is now at 5.5. Katie is at 5. That point five really could fuck everything up as we move into the final round. <laughs> 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 Which is worth 30 points. <laughs> Nothing matters. 30.25 points. <laughs> this single point is going to do, it's going to change everything. So good luck. Or nothing. <laughs> Question 10. Piranha 3 Double D only made around about, what was it, $600,000 domestic? Something ridiculous like that. Domestic. Incredibly low. I like it. Domestic. Domestic. But where did it make up most of its $8 million box Ooh, office? It only made about $600,000 domestic. That is America, because there is no other domestic, guys. America's the only home of everything. But where did it make up most of its $8 million? Intriguing. I think I Ali looks quietly confident. Katie looks more excited and trepidatious. I feel too confident, though, which makes me worried. <laughs> That is a valid way to feel. <laughs> Let's start with Ali. I'm intrigued. I said Malaysia. Malaysia. Oh, Katie, what do you got down? Malaysia. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean. At first I was like either... Thai and then I was like, no, I just hungry. It's Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, Ali has won because if you're both wrong, the scores don't change. I know. That's why you're like, it changes everything. I'm like, unless neither of us get it or both of us get it. And it <laughs> I didn't bank nothing. on you both saying the same answer. <laughs> so, uh, you're both correct, though, at least. It is indeed Malaysia. That's where it made most of its money. Ali wins We're the contest so by point five of a point. Very, very close. Very exciting. If you uh, <sighs> combine that with the one earlier where you just won by one point, two fantastically close races. Really, you know, mental athletes. That's what we're witnessing here. All right, guys, let's rank the movies. Get the fuck out of here. Five films. We're going to put them in order from worst to best. Let's, who wants to go first? Let's have one of you guys. Ali, you go first. Okay. My worst film is, this will surprise no one, Piranha 3D. Holy shit. Worse than 95? Yes. That's right at the bottom. Fuck. Yes. I told, I'm gonna, I, You're in last week's episode, I said, spoiler alert for next week, these two films will be my bottom two. <laughs> I just did not expect in that order. And I am sticking to it. So my <laughs> second worst film is three double D. Oh. God damn. Which puts the forgettable TV movie right in the middle in a forgettable spot because no one really actually (laughs) cares about the middle. They only feel passionately (laughs) about the worst and the best. So that's, I think, fair. You're talking about the Midwest right now. (laughs) (laughs) So then the second place for me is the original Piranha 1978. Mm hmm. 
which puts Piranha 2, The Spawning, as my number one choice. (laughs) Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Can I just, I mean, look, there's two things to unpack there very quickly, but (laughs) the first one, you would sincerely go back and watch the Piranha TV movie again before you would watch either 3DD or 3D. No, what I'm saying is I don't like three through five on this list. <laughs> <laughs> so but in order really of how matter. much, how passionately I feel about disliking them, I dislike the other two more passionately versus feeling indifferent about the TV movie because it's just kind of meh. Okay, so but, but so if you had to at gunpoint, you would choose to watch that one again then. Rather I mean, than the other that's two. an improbable situation, so. Well, we can make it probable. <laughs> well, I won't see you when you get back from London, so. <laughs> Home invasion Have people fun. ask for some weird stuff. You don't know. <laughs> you know it, yeah. <laughs> A second thing to unpack, I think to most people listening at least, the surprise will be that the film, the film that Rotten Tomatoes critics... <laughs> gave 6% to and audience gave 11% to and on IMDb the audience gave 3.7 out of 10 to you've called the best Piranha film yeah well people are usually wrong we said in that episode in the second episode we were like it is unbelievable that it's only 3.7 everybody needs to go upvote this film it deserves more than that it does and they haven't just to be clear Nobody, nobody freaking listens to us, including the three of us. <laughs> no, no, I did. I, I did. did. You did. Okay, Allie did. <laughs> I'll go vote. <laughs> go do it right like, now. She's literally t- brought a phone out. All right, Katie. Tensions high. I know. I went in order from last to first. Nineteen ninety-five as worst. Understandable. Three D, number four. Wow. Double okay. D, number three. 81, The Spawning, is number two. <laughs> and the original is number one still for me. It's that really surprises me. The original is number one. Okay, I really so- enjoyed the first one. And I know that you guys immediately trashed it as soon as you got to the second one. It was rude and careless. <laughs> and I'm sticking up for it. Is it The Raft? Is that what did it for you? It's The Raft. And then I think the like effortless acting through attempted drunkenness. <laughs> Just how many drunk old men there are. Really did it for me. And honestly, like the scene with the kids was very effective. I really found that to be an actually shocking scene. Okay. Okay. So. Um, this is, I mean, the first time I think we've done a three, I don't know, but all of us have different lists, which is surprising since we all had fairly similar opinions on most of these. I guess they're a little bit up and down. My number five for sure is Piranhas. I just think it's so fucking pointless. Which just- one? The 95? Piranhas. Yeah, the 95 okay. one. Uh, no, I just, that movie, oh, I please, I do not. I've found it so hard just to sit through it the first time. I was yeah. like, I just can't watch this. Like, I just, please. And I just had to keep checking the timer on it and make my notes. Number four for me, Piranha 3 Double D. That movie just gets under my skin. Not the humor I like. I find it very icky. I find it embarrassing. Yeah, just upsetting. Upsetting movie. With a few little highlights. At number three for me is the original Piranha. Ah! I think it's a totally fine movie. It's I, I could watch it again and I'd have an okay time with it, but I would rather watch it again with some friends, to be clear. 
My second movie is Piranha 3D. Again, like I feel like I'm the only guy on this podcast, so I get to feel like a fucking asshole by putting this movie fairly high up. But I like Alexandra Azure. I like direction. Like, and unfortunately, this has a lot of money, so it does look pretty cool. And that last half hour, yep, I wish there was more equality in the kills. Yes, I definitely wish there were more penises because I always want more penises in films. But what's there is great. Like, I love what's there. I just want more of other stuff there as well. I think the kills and the mayhem in that last half an hour are fucking crazy. Number one. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe two of us did this and the other one did it. Number two. I can. I expected all three of us to. No. I'm a little shocked too. I'm a little shocked. Number one. And I here's the thing. I think people are going to think we're being like ironic or we're being... And I'm not going to look. None of these are great films. I do think Piranha 3D is the most professionally made film. And then probably Piranha, I would say. Joe Dante's is, is the next most professionally made film. None of these are great films though. Really? No. And I'm not in any way going to claim that Piranha 2 is is a great film. Lance Hendrickson, you guys. (laughs) I I had, and I had to watch this film alone. I watched this film on my own. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I was kind of dreading it. I had a great time with this movie to the point where I legitimately want to watch it again, but with friends. Like I want to like have some friends around and watch this movie with them because particularly with the new, the Screen Factory Blu-ray was it put out. It's a great transfer. It looks good. And everyone's just crazy in this movie. There's so much crazy shit going on. And there is there are these moments of flair from James Cameron and then just moments of just like weird yeah italian seediness and then just crazy fucking flying piranhas at the end i really enjoyed this movie i don't know like saying it's like the best it's not like a tammy and a t-rex or anything it's not one of the best ever you know late night bad so bad it's good movies but it is a really good so bad it's good movie yeah. like it is like it's <laughs> it's genuinely enjoyable it's great and yeah these like so for me i mean i guess ali's saying three of these movies she just would burn and then you got two that you got something out of in in some small way. Yeah. I got something out of three. Like I did. I enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed the second one. And there are moments in Piranha 3D that I really love um, and moments that I don't. So there's three for me out of the series, which is a pretty good percentage of films that I enjoyed. Uh, Especially for Katie. like the general idea of what these movies are. It's pretty good to like three of five. Absolutely. And just to be clear, you guys mentioned, what was it, Piranha Conda or whatever mm-hmm. last week or Mega Piranha or whatever. I went and tried to watch a couple of those films. Fuck me. If you want to see how bad these could have got, seriously, there's no, that you were, you were wrong. <laughs> they are not better than the stuff <laughs> we want. They are god awful. And I had to stop. I skipped through and I was like, no, there's no way. So yeah, honestly, it's been a weird franchise. It's a weird one for us to pick. I'm not even tired. I don't remember why we did it. Um, <laughs> I think it's just because it had the right number of them. Had the right number. So I, like, yeah, right. I didn't feel like making as many notes or doing as much research because I needed to concentrate on writing scripts and trying to actually make these sort of movies. <laughs> well, hopefully not these sort of movies. <laughs> these? But, you know. Yeah. But I had a good time. I had a good time with this franchise. I liked it at least every week. I didn't know what, was, what you know, it was a different flavor, a little bit at least, you know, each week, which yeah. I, I really enjoy a franchise like that where you don't know what where what's just around the river bend as it were <laughs> yeah ali did not have a good time <laughs> you're just like yeah sure al what's happening next let's move on with our lives please well we're gonna give our I still our, our own iterations right well exactly exactly that's where i'm leading okay 
is like I'm in a point where I started singing Pocahontas. I didn't know what was happening. Well, that's what I want. You want Pocahontas? (laughs) Pocahontas. I want Pocahontas for Piranha. Yeah, I want Piranhas in colonial times. Piranhontas. (laughs) You know what? That wasn't my idea, but now now I really want Piranhontas. I think I I would love Piranhas in colonial times. That would be fucking brilliant. (laughs) So. And just like the worst rewriting of history for American viewpoint. They're like, no, it wasn't really the colonials who wiped out the Native Americans. It was the piranhas. Piranhas. I'll be completely honest. I don't have a great pitch for this because it could just go anywhere and it's not really a franchise. My, I guess my thing is, I don't think they're doing it wrong. Like, I don't think it's, you can't make this serious. My normal pitch is I want to see it get back to the horror. I want to see these films get back to being spooky. This is never spooky. And I don't think it can be spooky. So I don't think it's the wrong inclination to just have fun with it. I just don't think they're having fun with it in the way that I would like to have fun with it. And there's such a thin line before it just becomes really stupid. I do think what I like about a first Piranha is there's some sincerity there with the fun. Like if you could actually have some good actors and some good writing and a script that didn't revolve around a raft for 50% of it, then, and some, you know, good effects on the product. Again, get rid of CGI, do some of the puppetry. I do think you could do something interesting. I would like to get out of the places we've seen it in. I want to get out of these Lake Victorias all the time. I would like to see a whole different thing. So I do actually, when I read that thing about, oh, we're going to do it in Japan. It's like, sounds cool. Like it wouldn't be, it'll be a terrible movie. But <laughs> on paper... Like, yeah, I'm all for that. Get a completely different flavor in, get a completely different part of the world. And the only two ways to do it, you either go bigger with more people and more craziness, or you make it much, much more insular, much smaller and do it. Yeah. More of a, you know, trapped in a certain situation, you know, like do a sort of more of a, you can still have fun with it and be a bit goofy, but in that sort of open water scenario of just a collection of people stuck in like a sinking boat or something or whatever for the entire movie. I don't know. Um, So I either want to go much smaller or much, much bigger. Um, but I do think humor has has to be. You, you've got to keep some humor in these movies, right? You guys going to pitch something deadly serious? No. Yeah. <laughs> Ali's going to pitch a musical. We all know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, tell me your serious idea. I want the vibe of the original Predator. I want to go into like the deep recesses of Vietnam, and I want it to be more jungle focused because I really liked. Yeah, because that to me is like where Piranha live in my mind when I think of Piranha. That's kind of like I'm thinking far removed territories. But I also want a hint of kind of what you were saying with people being trapped on a boat. I want there to be the serious factor. And that's also why I liked the idea of the second one or the 3D. Yeah, 3D with the, the earthquake thing happening because... If you mixed in something like The Descent, where you did have scuba divers, and they did, yeah, they were trapped in maybe something cavernous, but then I was like, maybe you could combine those two things, so you had multiple storylines that were happening, whereas, you know, I don't, I like, I'm done with the big spring break young people thing. I think it would be cooler to bring it more into the everyday man sort of scenario. You can have like a yeah, like a family or something. Yeah. So you do get all different ages in it, yeah. and they actually already care about each other, and right? Stuff. And people who are dependent maybe on this body of water that the piranha then invade or something like that. So I would watch that. I think that it'd be sounds cool. better. 
I want it to be like icky feeling where it's just like that humid feel of a jungle. Like the last two were. <laughs> they no, were. different kind of icky. <laughs> Allie, when's the singing going to stop? There's no singing in mine, but oh. I would, I do agree it should either be like what Katie just pitched, something smaller and serious rather than like I'm also over the big party and trying to be serious somewhat while also having fun. But I think a comedy would be fun also, which we've talked about on a lot of different series of like if they go full. I mean, you could do a musical comedy. I'm just not pitching that right now because everyone expects that from me. (laughs) I feel like every time you tell us to pitch something, I get really nervous because I hate writing because I'm not good at it. (laughs) But that I take it very seriously and I feel like I have to really over prepare and like write down a full thing. Oh my God, you're in a I'm like, they're gonna, I'm gonna be a failure if I just have like two sentences to say about what this movie will be. Well, then so, I'm not failure. Anyway, I did. That's what I did this morning. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I all wrote right, down predator meets descent. That's all I have written down. <laughs> well, that's what now I'm like, I don't even want to read it because that was so oh, much better no, than what uh, I'm about to say. <laughs> just just to be clear, Piranha 3 Double D, 100% they thought was pure comedy. Like they just were, that, they were just well, trying yeah. to go pure comedy. Yeah. It just wasn't necessarily to our taste. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Comedy's hard. Come on, Em. So Give us your long elevator pitch. We're in the future, okay? You know the time. How far in the future? I said, you know the time. Mm. Tomorrow, okay. Piranha populations have skyrocketed. They swim <laughs> in any body of water. <laughs> they walk. They fly, as we've seen them do in all of these films. <laughs> So there's a small group of scientists that have been working to find solutions. And as we've seen in the past films, these piranha breed like bunnies. So tackling this issue is very difficult. If there were thousands of them in the last film or in the first film, there are millions now. Just give up. I have written down in my pitch that at this point, this exact point is when I'm about to lose Al. We learn... (laughs) They've been building time machines. No, I'm in. <laughs> this is just like you hate, this you hate time predator. travel. I love it. I do, but you're literally, what you're doing is you're literally recreating James Cameron's The Terminator, but with piranhas, and you've never seen The Terminator, so this is Terminator. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best things that's ever happened. I really haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> we learn that they've been building time machines and have finally reached a point where they believe they can travel back safely two million years to extinguish them <laughs> before they evolve and their populations grow. So two million years because that's when I Christopher you, Lloyd's character I you says- I thought Piranha had built time machines and I was way more on board. <laughs> I thought you meant that too. I was like, oh, they're sentient beings. This is amazing. <laughs> That would also, I'm open to that, okay? If they can walk and fly, they can probably do science. They can build time machines. So I chose two million years because it's the timeline that Christopher Lloyd's character says, this is when these piranha were living. We thought they were extinct. Is he still in it? Sure. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Neither does he, apparently. (laughs) They travel back in time to the time and place that these piranha were concentrated. And at this point, I was reading this pitch to Sean this morning, and this is the part he does not like. 
Now, for me at this point, it is unclear what their plan of action is. (laughs) Not only am I not a science fiction writer, but I'm not a writer at all. So I will leave the rest of this job to the professionals. But I have some requests. And they are two million years ago. This is a real thing that happened. There were two supernova explosions very, very close to Earth. And what happened was they the Earth was showered with debris, as was the moon, and it left behind radioactive iron 60 that was found that's been found like across the globe. It's been found embedded in the seafloor, and it's also been found mixed in with the dust on the moon. So I would like the supernova explosion to happen once they're back in time. I don't want them to have it to have already happened while they're there. I would like that to be part of the problem. This is what you did this morning? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I was like, it'd be so funny to have this be a prequel, but you can't, or like an origin story, but two million years ago, like there weren't humans. It was our ancestors, Homo erectus, and they don't speak, which I was on board with that. And Sean was like, no one's going to watch that. And I was like, it's an art house piranha <laughs> film. We don't need dialogue. It's an art house piranha <laughs> film. We don't need dialogue. So Homo erectus could be our main characters. So that's my plan B if you guys don't like this pitch. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And that's what I did this morning. We're going to call it Piranha Supernova. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. So good. (laughs) Just to clarify to people, it's about midday. (laughs) So it's been a busy morning. (laughs) It is wonderful. Um, wonderful fucking hell you are amazing whenever you do these you always do like these meticulous insanely detailed first acts and then you kind of go i don't don't know know what to do with the middle (laughs) what do you do with the rest (laughs) to be fair for some of the films that we just watched they didn't even have that so that's true (laughs) that's why i'll get the story by credit and then someone else will get the writing credit when it. we do it, and we nearly we nearly did it now because of Dark Fate. When we do terminate it, you have to watch them because that is phenomenal. <laughs> how close so much of that is. You had the same reaction to Piranha Two as James Cameron did. Did you have a fever dream? Is this where this came from? No. Well, what's annoying is that this idea is based off of the Piranha that we get in 3D, which is my least favorite one. Mm. So that sucks. Mm. Well, I mean, you it's up. You made it. <laughs> so it's up to yeah. you. Well, Ali, I mean, I think that one has to win for sure. I'm sorry. I disagree. Both. I think Katie's sounds way better, but <laughs> I thank feel like you we for should humoring just collaborate. <laughs> we can figure it out together. Oh, boy. Well, thank you, guys. I've had a good trip down the old river on this raft. <laughs> slow moving raft. It has been a slow ride, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been. What are we doing next? I will tell you in a brief second, but please do go to weirdgeeks.com, go to your iTunes, do subscribe, do rate us. The words that you hear, they go into your brain and you don't even think about it and then they're gone and you're moved on to your next moment. But I'm just going to keep talking because that next moment could be the 30 seconds it takes you to go into iTunes to find us, type in the Weird Geeks, not those ones with the two ladies, but the other one with the weird symbol that's sort of yellow and green and blue and typing on it and subscribing to it and then rating it and it changes everything in our lives because then people know that we have a podcast that exists i think that's about 30 seconds and i'm almost running out of breath but i'm actually not which is kind of weird so i have there you go come um good job i hope you did it 
We really appreciate it. If you didn't do it, just, you know, fuck off. <laughs> um, what else? Yeah, I'm Mr. Al White on all the social medias. You can listen to me not say much on Twitter. You can look at weird photos on Instagram and play video games with me on the Xbox and the PlayStation. You can leave ladders for me on Death Stranding if you want. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That'd be good. Um, what about you guys? My dearest Watson on most things and then Watson dearest, I think. Yeah, something like that on Twitter. It's just like and the Allie. backwards. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Rude. <laughs> you got called out for it once already. You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram name is Ali Sue. And also, you should be following us on Twitter because whenever Al gets back to LA, every time I am on a podcast series, I always get a podcast rap gift based around the she theme really of does. the franchise it's the nicest it's and i have purchased said gift but i really like wrapping presents and so i'm gonna wrap <laughs> it and wait for al to get back so that we can all be together in person doing this al and katie will open it together and we're gonna film it and put it up on the we are geeks twitter so you can see it there whenever he's back i'm not gonna tell you it's happening next week because it's not but i'm it's not gonna not. give you a date because we also don't know when it will happen it'll probably be december sometime you could tweet yeah. at us and tell us what you think the president is gonna be what you think would be a good present for this series so yeah so just subscribe to us now because then you're future proofing yourself and if we don't tweet then there's no hassle to your life doesn't really matter but when we do you'll get this wonderful video yeah so there you go Thank you. That's where you can find out about where all of us are. And right now in the room with me is my mother. So, mom, can you tell people where they can follow you, please, on the Instagram or Twitter? Uh, at Nita White One, <laughs> I guess. That was Nita White, the number one, uh, not not written out the actual number. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, Instagram is that the same? Are you? Do you do good branding? Were you the same on both? She has no idea. <laughs> Definitely need a white one. If you want to hear some, some, what are you talking about on Twitter? Definitely some political opinions, Ooh. some environmental opinions. Ooh. Inclusion. Some inclusion. Inclusion. Yeah. inclusion is good. You talk about Neil Gaiman a little bit. Neil Gaiman, yeah. Sometimes. I talk about starfish. You talk about, my, you talk about <laughs> me quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mom. You may sit down. That's one. You may uh, sit down. <laughs> she wants wow. to sit down. <laughs> She wants commanding to women all over the place today, aren't you? <laughs> Interrupting, telling Ooh. them where to sit. Rude. And if you want to do your own podcast to be mean about our film, then yes, go to starfishmixtape.com. You can find a list of all the places you can see it. Although it hasn't been updated, you can now watch it on Hulu. Do it there as well, and then tell us that it's terrible on whatever format you want. Your to mom do is Nita Whiter uh, One on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. It's Nita like Witta. It's like W H I T A one. Yeah. But on Twitter, need a white one. There you go. Figured it out. So, what are we doing next week? Well, whew, Allie, I'm sorry. <gasps> well, I'm happy for you. I'm sorry for us, but you're out. That uh, means you get no to, presents for you. You get to honest. <laughs> you're the only one who does the presents. I know. You so nice. get to leave the building and take a little, little respite from everything that we're doing katie you're coming with me on the next year bless you which i can i <laughs> can hear <laughs> people applauding right now we are going to be rejoined by shannon hollander well hello 
the, oh, she's in the room. <laughs> the glutton for punishment who every time she's on says, I am fucking through yep. with this bullshit. And then about, I don't know, like two months pass. And then she's like, oh, what are you guys doing next? And then it's like having a baby. You know, that's what it's doing. This podcast is basically like you forget how painful the experience was. Oh, and before you know, like, you're back on that train. You forget about it for two months. And then it comes exactly. Back. And then it goes back. So, yes, it's going to be you, Katie. It's going to be me. It's going to be Shannon. And we are going to be doing a weird guide through the 1980s of slashes. So, we've covered all the slasher remakes from the 1980s. We've done that. We've covered most of the slasher franchises from the 1980s because those were the first ones we really covered. Now, for really no reason whatsoever, other than I'm in the mood for it and I wanted to hurt Shannon more, we're going to go through every year of the 1980s from 1980 all the way through to 1989 in case you didn't know how years work and we are picking Can you one give me each number in between that i don't know what order they're in if you listen to the podcast you'll learn what number each year is consecutively okay it's like sesame street i'll give you a little tease after 1980 comes 1981 <gasps> whoa i won't reveal what the next podcast is i love that ali just had <laughs> um, the most energy in that moment than we had i know where's that been the whole podcast. <laughs> she's like i've seen the light at the end of this I'm fucking tunnel i am ready done. to get She's just happy she's getting out. One of Ali's favorite things for people who don't know is like she she found out very recently that better than watching the films and being on the podcast is watching the films and not being on the podcast. So I'm doing just this- doing films that I like watching, and you're gonna be upset if I tell you what Sean and I are doing right now. I mean, is that a leading? Do you want to do you want to say on this? I mean, do you want me to upset you? <laughs> sure. I mean, you already have. <laughs> Where? Wa- okay, great. You already do every day, Ali. Okay, cool. Well, what he's talking about is the fact that I have been reading the Jurassic Park books. So I read the first one, watched the first movie, read the second one, watched the second movie. And I was like, you should be podcasting while you do this. And I was like, yeah, sounds like a great solo activity. But now Sean and I are doing the Pirates films. Oh, you're doing the Caribbean? Nice. Yep. So we watched the first one two nights ago. Last night we watched the second one. Tonight we have plans to watch the third Plans change. Why would that upset out? <laughs> so because it's Katie, just another franchise that I'm doing and we're not podcasting about. It's not a horror film, a f- though. Oh, well, sort of. A few nah. years ago, me and Katie wanted to watch the recent one. The recent one was coming out. I was like, let's watch this one when they you know, came back after a big sabbatical. Um, and Katie was like, I don't know if I saw anything past like the first one. So I was like, okay, fine. We'll watch like where we watch them. We started rewatching them we we stopped <laughs> we got to like was it number four and like, we had no, to watch it in four parts that. i feel like we got further than that no there's not that many but we like we really there's no, actually, five think, okay. including yeah, the most recent one the 2017 one i think it was actually three because we were still two away we still had one more that i'd seen we got like halfway through three we were watching like four parts and then we just fell off that bandwagon yep. and we came back it was one of those you things where we just, just got heard so- a maintenance man ring my doorbell <laughs> sorry Ooh. one second i'm gonna let him in all right, you do your thing. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. We uh, This has been great for everybody. <laughs> Justin, put your clothes back on, buddy. You can relax. There's no more quizzing. <laughs> it's like anticlimactic. <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, so we'll reveal next week exactly which films we're doing, but I have picked what I think are important. I'm not going to use the word seminal at any point in the next franchise, but the important or most enjoyable slasher film of every single year that we haven't already covered and isn't part of a franchise that we're gonna cover <sighs> so basically by the time we've done this we're basically going to be done with the 80s and slashes we're not no! gonna have many more reasons to go back 
I know. It's upsetting. It's the best. I get it. But that's what we're doing. It's going to take us all the way through. Cause that's uh, Well, actually, we have a special bonus episode next week, which it's going to be Shannon decided to subject herself. She was like, if I'm going to watch all these slasher movies, I need to see the greats or at least the classics. So she's watching Halloween, Friday the 13th Part 2, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you're screaming why Friday the 13th Part 2 and not 1, listen next week and you'll find out. So we're going to have a special episode next week where she listens to, sorry, where she's watched all three of those and she'll be giving her basic opinions. And then we'll get into the meat of this for 10 whole weeks. It's going to take us all the way through into 2020, which is the future. But potentially when Ali's Piranha film is set. So yeah, until that happens, uh, Ali is frozen. Ali so I'm just going to get out. Because <laughs> I can't I be bothered to stop this anymore. Um, oh, you yeah, are all great. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next Friday. Until then, Thanks we're out. Thanks for hanging geeks. on. Bye, geeks. 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 That was me being Ali saying nice. geeks. That's good.